know it, baby. The one true host returns a day later. Welcome back to Small State of Big Takes. This is episode 225.5. Half episode, a little middle of the week, impromptu Red Sox kind of specialty. We have a guest, Steve. Would you like to introduce our guest of honor? I would love to. This has been a long time coming. I've been asking this man to come on this podcast for a long ass time. I love this dude's Twitter. Uh, every day I come on Twitter, I see Sammy James popping off about uh, fake trades or potential trades that could happen. I'm like, dude, I want to talk to this guy so bad. I want to pick his brain. So today's the day. Sammy James, what's good? Thank you for coming out. Small State Big Takes once and for all. Boys, happy to be here. I feel like it's been such a long time coming, like you said, and uh, happy to finally get this going. Let's do it. Okay, We've been DMing about this for years. Having <laughs> you on, literally. I think when we first started, we were like in touch with you, and it was like it never worked out, but long time coming. Dude, thank hey, God. First question: What is your beef with Nick York? <laughs> I don't have a beef with Nick York. I think you do. It's it's the one it's the one tool, guys. So like. I'll, I'll answer a question with a question, which is great podcasting, right? Love it. Um, what does he do well? That's my question. I don't fucking know. Does he hit well? So, here, okay, I'll answer it. He's got a good hit tool. Makes contact, hits the ball. Not really a power guy. Not really a speed guy. Defense is pretty bad. Throwing arm, not great. He doesn't check a ton of boxes. He puts up some nice gaudy numbers in AAA. And... You know, maybe he'll come up to the majors and hit eventually when his wrist heals. That's another thing we can get into that. But I don't love the the one tool guy. All his value is tied to his bat. So I don't dislike him. I know it looks like I do, but it's he just- is in almost every single trade scenario that you bring up. Nick York is involved. And we joke about it, too. We're like, guess what? Sammy Jane's trade dropped. And guess who's in it? Nick York, center of the deal is Nick York every time. It's just funny. Yeah, so a lot of people, when I put him in there, they say, like, why would you trade him at this value, like, that he's at? So I've kind of been pulling it back a little, a little less Nick York. I think that Sedan Raffaella. Yeah, Sedan <laughs> Raffaella seems like the guy that would get traded. That guy I really don't want to trade. I think he's awesome. I think he looks like Jackie Bradley Jr. with a little bit more of a bat, which I think is super valuable. Um but yeah, no, the Nick York, you know, probably the responsible thing would be to hang on to him and hope his value comes back. But I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't want to sound like a hater. It's just, I need to see more than just, you know, spraying line drives around the field. I don't know if that's going to translate. I don't know if the lack of power is going to hurt him. The defense doesn't seem like it's getting any better. I doubt he's a second baseman, maybe a left fielder. I don't know. It's just the profile. It scares me off a little bit. I'm rooting for him though. It would be funny to have, and York in the Boston lineup every day. Yeah. And Jeter Downs is now gone too. What, but what could, imagine- what could, what that middle infield could have been is oh. Jay Down, Jeter, and and York. Yeah. Yeah. We could, could have been trolling the Yankees every single day, but we got Marcelo Meyer coming up. So do you see back. Nick New York as being a viable pro someday? Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be in the majors. I just don't know what his role will be. He might be like, like a young DH, which is odd to me. It's just the defense is like everything I've heard about the defense is red flag, red flag, red flag. The arm's not great. The range isn't great. What positions he's going to play. He, it's not like a guy who moved from shortstop to second. It's a guy who started at second. You can move him to first, but then 
it's just kind of a weird fit. I do think he'll be a major league player and I think he'll produce. I just don't know to what level. Like a Jonathan scope ceiling. <laughs> it's actually not a bad comparison. <laughs> My God, I haven't thought of that. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Scope a little bit of uh, maybe not as good of a defender. I know scope's not a great defender, but he's got some versatility. So maybe a little, a little below that. That's, that's a really good comparison. I've yeah. never thought of. I would take that. I would, I, Jonathan Scope's a guy I always wish the Red Sox had. Him and DJ LeMayu back in the day before he was a Yankee. Which the was, list yeah. of Red Sox uh, dream players Steve has is endless. And Hunter Renfro came through. Hunter Renfro that happened. That, that was, was that, that was, was manifested hard and successfully. What do you? How do you feel about the Renfro trade? Terrible. That was the worst trade, dude. That will never. I'll never get over that. How do you feel about it? I have his jersey. I have. I have a Renfro jersey, an actual jersey. So. I think it's such a hard one to, to grade because I think if they kept Renfro last year, I think the same thing happens. Maybe they win a few more games. I don't think they make the playoffs, and I definitely don't think they win the World Series. And I think he wouldn't be on the 2023 team if he were on the 2022 team. Does that make any sense? Like, this yeah. is his fifth, fifth team in five years. Something's up. I think it's strange. And also, they just signed Adam Duvall, who's wildly similar, maybe even with a higher ceiling for what seven and a half million. So I just don't, I think Renfro is, he was fun. I like the Mohawk he added. I like the cannon arm and the, it was a lot of fun and it, the, it's, just moonshots. But like oh you said, Duvall is pretty, you're going to get pretty much the same thing with a much more consistent glove. Maybe not the arm, but like he's a Duvall's a sneaky. Cause we talked about this last week when it happened, but you look at Adam Duvall, you don't think like gold glove caliber outfielder, but that's what he is. Like he's, he's a damn good defender. He's going to strike out a fuck ton, but he's going to hit a bunch of bombs. Kind of like Hunter Renfro offensively. They're pretty damn similar. He's kind of like Schwarber, just like at a third of the price in all Schwarber. honesty. Yeah. Duvall, yeah. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. Offensively. Yeah. I could see that, but that's kind of my point uh, on Renfro is that you got a guy who's very similar. You got him. What, what like mid January, they uh, verbally agreed. That's not yeah. that's not like a guy who is highly sought after. I know he's coming off a wrist issue. I just think that guys like Renfro who hit for power, strike out a lot, don't play great defense, they're expendable. And I totally understand why Red Sox fans don't like the trade. It might be a bad trade. If Hamilton and uh, Benellis never amount to anything, then how could you say it's a good trade? But um, Hamilton... Something handless. He looks... Wasn't he a former, former like top 100 guy? I want to say when he, right after he got drafted. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But he got promoted, went from single A to double A this year, and Hamilton broke the the Woo Sox steal record. So, you know, they're not amazing, but they're they're prospects. So who knows? We'll see. I'm just, I was never married to the idea of keeping Renfro around, although uh, probably would have had a more fun 2022 if he were around. I think you're right. I think you're right about Renfro though. He would not have survived the 2023 season or like he wouldn't made it through this off season as a Red Sox still, unfortunately too. But I think he could have put up some numbers last year. Last year sucked so much that I wish he was around, but then again, we weren't wearing shit anyway. So what's the big deal, I guess. Yeah. Might as well take prospects. Yeah. Who was your favorite Red Sox player ever? This is a big deal to me because I want to know the truth about you, Sammy. This is a really generic answer, but Big Poppy has to be Big Poppy. Like who who has had more of an impact on my childhood than that guy? Like last last week at Winter Weekend, he I was like within like 15 feet from him. I didn't get to talk no to him, shake his hand or anything, but he was doing a, a podcast with uh, Rob Bradford, 
and Rob texted uh, like our group chat and said like, hey, Big Poppy's gonna be here in 15 minutes. And then of course, an hour later he showed up and uh, I, I was I, I was close-ish to him, but I, I'm like shaking and I'm not even talking to the guy. I'm like, oh my God. And, and I, I work with athletes. So it's a group of people I'm used to dealing with. And so I've kind of, I've gotten used to talking to them a bit but this is a whole different, like, I, I was literally like, my palms were sweating. I was all shaky. I was like, holy crap, that's friggin' big poppy. So yeah, man, that was cool. Just like being in the, <laughs> I sound so creepy. Being in the same room as him was awesome. I got to listen to that interview. I didn't know that he had him on the, what is that? Baseball isn't boring. Is that the pod? Well, this, that he- was, this was on WEEI. They had a uh, booth at winter weekend. It was live. I, I don't know. Uh, it might be available on the website, but they were doing a, a live show. It was pretty sweet to listen in. That's cool. I love it. Dude, part of the reason we wanted you on today, too, is because we wanted to discuss Winter Weekend. How was the overall vibes of that? What did you see? Did you talk to any players? What's the deal? It was cool. Um, it was a little – so it was very fun. I thought we'd get a little more access to the players, but it was cool, like, Costas walking around the casino and being like, oh, shoot, there he is. And, like, Zach Kelly we saw. Ref Snyder uh, was in the same bar as us. Jemai Webster from no uh, Nesson was there. Yeah. Um, it was cool. I mean, granted, what we went, uh, my friends and I had a, a long Friday night and then woke up not feeling great on a Saturday. And we went to the autograph and photo session. And funny enough, not feeling great from a night of drinking. My guy was Wade Boggs that I was like matched up with. So I was oh. Like, oh my God, tell me your secret. And he was like chocolate milk and scrambled eggs, which was a cool little story. <laughs> so um, yeah, I actually, I, I went into big detail on this story on Brad Foe's uh, podcast yesterday. It's, it's wildly embarrassing, but pretty funny. You know, I've been to winter weekend at MGM and Foxwoods and it's 10 times better at Foxwoods. I'll die on that Hill. When I, last time I went there, I met Jim Rice and what a dick that guy is. Really? Oh, so Jim Rice is a dick. Yeah. Well, what happened? I, I didn't know that you had a bad he, experience. He, he did not want to be there. He wasn't nice to anybody he was just like yeah he's a red sox legend but he's a dick dang that stinks the, the only two players i met were wade boggs and tanner Houck, and they were both very nice so um man, and i've heard everybody everybody says foxwoods is way better for winter weekend why why was it so why was it so much better uh it's one it's just a way better venue uh that's one of, and there's way more things there like it's so much bigger you can do so much more they, they have they had way more just like things to do, uh, whether it's just like better for kids, especially they had a lot more things for kids to do there. And um, I like Foxwoods more personally than MGM. Uh, yeah, it, it just comes down to bias. Is it like a drastically different experience? Like not really, but just from just just the environment, I think in Foxwoods is, is better personally. But that's a little biased because I like uh I like Foxwoods more than MGM to begin with. So now in terms of uh, winter weekend though, elephant in the room, at least for me, this is what I'm mainly wondering. What was it like in terms of all the booze and all that shit? Is that being overblown on Twitter towards no. time and uh, in company in terms of the front office and ownership? Okay. Cause I was curious where it's like, I saw some videos of it and it seemed pretty like profound of like, Oh man, these was brutal. boo boos. Like that's not just like a guy going boo. But like, so what was kind of your, your experience of that? If you don't mind diving into that so, part of the weekend. So it's actually funny. I was sitting kind of up high um, in like the, not on the balcony. It's like risen up, but, um, and I'm looking down 
And I don't know if you guys follow Boston sports Gordo, um, but I was sitting next to Gordo and he was like, I think I see John Henry like way down. And I had my glasses on. I usually have my glasses, but I didn't have them on at the time. And so I was squinting and I couldn't tell. And then we see a tweet. I think it was Chris Cotillo or someone who said, uh, John Henry is in the house. And we were like, oh my God, could you imagine if he went on stage? Do you think he'd get booed? And so we're like, he's not going to go on stage. There's no way. It's been four years. And then they say, all right, we're bringing out Red Sox ownership. And I'm like, all right, here comes Sam Kennedy and just Sam Kennedy. But then he comes out and dude, it was, I, I'm not exaggerating. It was friggin' loud. They were booing him and Heim, louder for Heim Bloom. I will say they booed Heim Bloom louder. He kind of, he kind of like, he didn't play into it, but he, he was reacting to the crowd and like talking to them, which I, he handled it like a champ. I have to say credit to him, but dude, they booed loud. That was not, not to be understated. They did not Damn. like seeing John Henry there. And oh Damn, man, John it was Henry deserves it. But Heim does not, in my opinion. I agree. Heim's yeah, just like the too. punching bag for like the, the whatever. I think, I think it was good. I think it was good. Heim got something because he, he needed to take a little bit on the chin so we could understand how passionate we really are. That's how I felt. So you want to hear another funny one that uh, we were walking through the hallway. I didn't witness this. This is a story that uh, Gordo told me right after, right before we got lunch, he was like, I got to tell you what I just saw. Um, Heim Bloom was kind of just signing autographs in the hallway and um, a fan comes up to him and goes, uh, Mr. Bloom, Mr. Bloom, can you sign my t-shirt? And he goes, yeah, sure. And uh, who, who else was there? Oh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, the, the technical, the GM. Um, and the, the kid's t-shirt said, uh, under the luxury tax, 2020. And he hands it to Heim Bloom and Heim shows it to uh, Brian, B-O-H. And he goes, can you believe this shit? And then he signs it, <laughs> he gives it back. Like Heim's cool. Heim's a cool dude. I think he gets it. He, he totally explained everything to the crowd. And uh, yeah, man, I, I have a lot of respect for him. I, I, I wanna believe I like see his vision and everything. And at the very least I'm rooting for him. Cause he seems like a good dude. Yeah, he seems like a humble guy too. I'm, I'm into him. I'm- I still believe. Yeah, he, he gave like a long explanation and he, he acknowledged that not everything's been perfect. He did, he, this was kind of weird. I don't know if this was on purpose. He said, there's a lot of bets you can make. We've made a lot of bets and we're going to keep making bets. And I was like, is that on purpose? Mookie bets kind of thing? It doesn't work out. That's just the way the Mookie crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> he, he kept tying it in from what the video seemed. Like he just kept going. I think it, he's pretty in tune with uh, all the stuff that goes on. I'd say I'd say it was on. He's got to have a burner on Red Sox Twitter, right? He's got to. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he sees it. He knows. He's he's not an idiot, and he's young too. He's like not. I think he's he's still in his thirties, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's very young. He he's he's on Twitter. He has to be. John Henry, though, he, he seemed like he was pretty insulted, and rightfully so. I, he deserved to be. But he was sitting there like he was, he could, he almost seemed like he didn't believe he was getting booed that bad. Right? It's like, how videos. do you how do you not expect, like, you, we haven't seen you in, like you said, four or five years or whatever, and you, since then, you've let Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts walk. And then he talks about, like, ticket prices being hiked, and that's, you know, the re- like, what? It's like, Fuck how you. can you, like, how... How I don't I don't know the right word arrogant maybe or I think you just tone, tone, tone deaf tone deaf just how tone deaf do you have to be not. to not expect that type of reaction and the situation he's in yeah it, in his defense I was a little surprised 
because I'm thinking it's the winter weekend crowd. The vibe is positive. They just had the players on the stage. Everything was going well. And um, man, like I, I know people are upset, but we got to be honest. He's probably the best owner the team's ever had. And I know it. things haven't been great lately. And, and like, I don't know. I didn't want to see him get booed. I kind of felt bad. And um, yeah, but, but I kind of felt foolish also. I was like, man, why am I surprised? Like, like you said, Oliver, like, how could you be surprised? But there I was surprised. So maybe I'm a little bit foolish myself, but it was, it was loud. And uh, I thought they handled it as well as they could. And that is a good point about him being the, the, like the best owner and part of the yeah. best group we've ever seen. Like my, my grandpa never saw a Red Sox world series win. Like that's just <laughs> so sad it's, to think I've seen four in my yeah. short time alive. Like that's, that's it's, wild. We've it's been definitely recency bias and it sucks that just like it's it's obvious, but you you, you let homegrown Hall of Famers walk away and you're going to be salty about it, despite all the success in the past. Like we get that, but that some things are, uh, you know, kind of inexcusable, I think. And that's how most of the Red Sox fan base feels, because, I mean, say what you want about the Mookie Betts situation, but they completely botched Xander like John, like as bad as they did John Lester and. I just from talking to my family, like the people that maybe aren't so in baseball nerds like we are, I like they want nothing to do with Heimblum. They want him so far gone. But that just goes to show that like he is the punching bag and letting Xander Bogarts walk, who was face of Boston for the last five years, uh, really like that was the last straw. Yeah. And I think one thing you said is spot on. Like we can at the same time say that John Henry and his ownership group is the best we've ever had. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we have to be okay with losing, you know, two faces of the franchise. I mean, Mookie and Xander, that hurts. I mean, if, imagine, imagine we were 10 years old and we're getting into baseball and we love Mookie and Xander and now they're both gone. They're on the other side of the country with the Dodgers who have all these good players <laughs> and the Padres who have all why, like, I would be like, I want to be a fan of those teams, you know? So um, I totally get the, the reaction. Um, I think they handled it as well as they could, like I said. Um, but at the same time, I do see, I see the vision. I think by like a year or two from now, the team's going to be a machine and they're going to be contenders like every single year for a long mm -hmm. time, but that's a process. And uh, Boston fans don't want to hear that. We're used to winning titles here. So as, as cocky as it sounds, that's the truth. So that's where we're at. Would you agree this is kind of like a make or break year for Heim though? It's been how long? Like three, four years now. It's like, yeah, we understand that it's a process and we can be patient. There are people that can be patient. You, I, like we can wait it out. But at some point, like you look back and you look at all the moves that he's made and all the trades and all the signings, you're like, oh, okay. I understand where you're coming from. You really rebuilt this farm system, but when do we pounce? When do we have to stop waiting? Cause look how long the Astros waited. And now they're world series favorites every year. And I saw this crazy stat today. They have the most postseason wins going back to like 2009 and they weren't good until 2017. That's how good wow. that they have been uh, in the past six years is if you go all the way back to two, th I'm pretty sure it was 2009. It might even be further than that. The Astros lead the entire MLB and postseason wins because they're there every year. They're almost in the world series every year. It's like the freaking Patriots and the chiefs. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. I didn't know that. Well, okay. To answer your question, 
Um, I, I don't think his job's in jeopardy at all. I do think, I, I don't think they even need to make the playoffs for him to be like, for, for the Red Sox front office to consider this year a success. I think he needs to put them in a place that's like to show they've progressed, to show that they're like getting closer to being able to make a splash. I remember in 2019 or 20, I think it was 2020, right before the pandemic, uh, Carabas had Heim Bloom on the podcast. And Heim Bloom was talking about how the Yankees did a really good job of building a team, homegrown trades, um, and then supplementing it with Stanton and Cole. Now, I know that their roster construction is not perfect uh, in New York, but the concept of having a solid base and then then you make the big splash. So I think if if he can, if this Red Sox team can show that they're a decent base, then you have a lot more reason to make a big splash next year. Um, and they also need to stay under the luxury tax. I think that would be a huge mistake if they did that again, um, went over, because as much as we don't care, it's very obvious that that matters to the Red Sox front office. So I would say they need to make progress, wins and losses wise, and setting up for the next year, stay under the luxury tax. And uh, I think it's going to be a huge trade deadline, regardless of where they're at. That's a huge trade deadline for Bloom because last year was not, that was not good. That was, I, I think that's the, the worst part of his tenure was the 2022 trade deadline. That just was not good. So, so bad. Big year, but I don't think his job's on the line. So that leads us to, Sammy, the trade segment of this podcast. Yes. Now, yes. I see a lot of trade uh, speculation, not speculation, whatever the word is, trade, you know, propositions that you make on Twitter. And I wanted to know if you had any to bring to us today so we can judge them live. Yeah. Okay. So I made one up. Uh, it's so one thing about the trades, when I write up a trade proposal, I don't, that doesn't mean I like the trade proposal. I'm just trying to think of something that might happen. I think more often than not, I actually don't like the trades that I post and I wouldn't do them, but I just want to like get a reaction and start a conversation and everything. So this is kind of one of those trades where I'm a little bit in the middle. I don't know if I would do it, but, um, here goes. So it would be Alex Verdugo and a prospect. I have a few options for prospect. I have Brainer Bonacci, shortstop, ranked 16th, and Chris Murphy, if you want to do a pitcher, ranked 12th or 13th. They're both in the same range. Um, so Verdugo and a prospect to the Rockies for Brendan Rogers. And let me explain why. I know Rogers' stats on the surface are not the sexiest, but the Red Sox team defense, which we know because of the rule changes this year, is going to be very important. It's currently kind of like good, but not great. And I would say the big, biggest weakness of their team defense is corner outfield. Yoshida, who by all accounts is not a great fielder. His value is his bat. And Verdugo, who is pretty eh out there. Uh, not the guy that you want in the biggest right field in baseball at Fenway Park. So if you flip Verdugo to the Rockies, it allows Cora to reshuffle the defense without losing too much offense. Now, granted, Verdugo, I don't think there's any debate. He's a better offensive player than Brendan Rodgers. But this trade would allow Kike to return to center, where we know for a fact he's very good at Fenway. Duvall now moves to right field. So you got two elite outfielders defensively in center and right, the two most important parts of the ballpark. And then you have Rodgers, who's coming off a gold glove second base season. Uh, Arroyo and Mondesi shuffle them however you want. Uh, they would share the middle infield duties. 
Um, and then while I think Verdugo is maybe the better player overall, maybe there's an argument to be made unless you're a big war fan. Uh, maybe he's better than Rogers. I threw in the prospect because Rogers has an extra year of control. So it would, it's fair to assume that Colorado um, would want something more than just Verdugo for uh, Rogers one for one, but also it's the Rockies. So they're kind of crazy. So we can't really tell, but that's the trade Verdugo and a prospect for Brendan Rogers. Wow. Well, I personally enjoyed that. I think that uh, I wouldn't add a prospect to that trade, but I would do that for sure. Brendan Rodgers is your boy. I think he's good offensively. I think he's a good fit in Boston. I don't think it would cost that much for him, or maybe it would, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel, I feel like Brendan Rodgers is attainable, and uh, if it took Verdugo, I mean, I think it let it happen, but I don't think we need an extra prospect. I think Verdugo's better all around, but... Yeah, I mean, I think I think Verdugo's better, but um, but like I said, Rodgers gives you an extra year of control, and he's like $7 million. He's very cheap, so... Um, you get an extra year of him, which is why I think Colorado would be like, what, two years of Verdugo for three years of Rogers? Is Verdugo that much better? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the only reason. Maybe the prospect I gave is too high. Um, I like to overshoot rather than undershoot. So that's the yeah, deal. By Red Sox prices, too, they always seem to overpay for everything, you know? <laughs> we, we have to I don't up. like you mentioning the straight, Sammy, because this kind of hinders the the low value, high reward fantasy baseball uh, buy of Brendan Rodgers that I was hoping for this year. And you're you're telling these guys <laughs> <laughs> that all of a sudden he's on the radar of oh he's better than what he's looked like. Oh, I, I that's an interesting trade though. I think yeah. it depends on the prospect um, for me, but I'd kind of be open to it. Yeah, I was looking at. Yo, mid podcast shout out G Baby, Lance Jerry, James Murph, Jake Ruth, Tupac Shakur. Okay, we're back after a brief intermission talking random hypothetical uh, trade trade talk for a few more minutes. Um, gonna we we're gonna get our reactions to the Verdugo for Brendan Rogers trade. Not sexy. Uh, you're trading Mookie Betts pieces again. So now we are left with. Brendan Rogers for Mookie Betts. That's uh, and Connor Wong. Connor Wong's still there. And Connor Wong. You're right. And Connor Wong. For now, if you got DFA this year, would you be that surprised? No. Kind of. I think I would be because they don't. I, they don't have a second catcher, right? What did you yeah. just say to me? Alfaro. Yeah, Alfaro. You know. Oh it. my god, dude. Aquaman. Give the man respect. I'm ready. He's so bad. He's not great. He's fun though. He's fun. He's got. He's. He looks like Aquaman. So. He's real, real bad, though. That's the... like the Alberto Mondesi of catching. You're like, oh, <laughs> which <man."> is like, <laughs> no, Aldo exciting Beto's to me. Bad. Exciting to me when I hear I, that. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's way better. Mondesi was way great, better. That was a great trade. That was really smart. I don't know how they got anything for Josh Taylor, who was throwing like 91 in AAA right. last year, but like, mm. holy crap. I know Mondesi's injured all the time, but. Whatever, take a risk, and they got a player to be named, I think, which probably is nothing. But I never know, right? Why not? You don't lose. Never know. Gary yeah. Willock was a Rule Five guy. You never know. Yeah, dude, Mondesi was a guy we were flipping out about like two years ago. He was like ranked like top fifty in fantasy. He, people loved him. Yeah, debuted in the World Series. He was yeah he, right. I'm excited. You know what? Even even if it's just an all hype move, I'm excited to have Mondesi on the team. That's just that's just so cool to me. Even just to fill in the gap before Story's back. I think that's right. going to be like, so and expectations are pretty low. Realistically, it's not like we need to do anything, but yeah, 
Yeah. I, at the same time, on a similar note, the Brendan Rogers theoretical. I mean, you look at his baseball savant page. There's a lot of red there. He's got some good underlying metrics, even if the stats didn't indicate that last year. So I'm kind of in on them buying him. I just don't know at what cost. He's yeah. kind of a slow starter too, I believe. Brendan Rogers is kind of like, uh, I mean, he's not nearly on the same level as Kyle Tucker, but those guys both start really slow and then really kind of take off. Brendan Rogers was one of those guys last year. I remember just relating it to fantasy baseball, like Brendan Rogers was a guy in free agency up until probably like July because those first few months were so bad or not right. months, but like really bad April. So his stats look bad for the preceding months after that, but it, uh, the, the, the metrics don't lie. And yeah, he's a solid, solid player. I want to see, I don't know if we'll ever get it, but like we need to see a full healthy year of Verdugo. I just don't know if that'll ever happen because the dude plays hard and he's always banged up. I mean, he's playing with a broken toe. Most of last year we, we found out and I, I don't think I'm ready to call it quits on Verdugo. I'd like to give him one more chance, but I it, like, if I saw that trade come across my timeline, I'd be like, uh, I don't think so. I don't think I, I would be a fan of it, but I don't know. Cause I, I'm, a, I'm like low key and a Royal guy. And like how much of a significant upgrade is that? Cause when a Royal plays, he barrels. So agreed. He just doesn't play that much. Talk about a guy that can't stay healthy. He's, I mean, that sure, poor guy, got a lot of them now. <laughs> I know Where's that, that, that uh, fucking IL is about to be packed. Yeah, holy crap. That's this is a big IL team. Hopefully not. You want you so interesting thing about Rogers. Um, I'm a little bit torn myself, but I don't know how you guys feel about uh war, war stat. His B war last year was 4.3. That's really high. So I don't know, take that for what it's worth, but um there's people out there who think he's very good. I think he's I think he's fine. I think he has some pop, um, good defender. I don't know if he could play short. His arm is uh, not great at second. I don't know if it would be okay at short, but um, I don't know. I, and it, this is not me saying Verdugo stinks or anything. Like I said, I think Verdugo might be the better player in a vacuum, but you get an extra year of control. You boost the defense big time. Yeah, I mean, imagine, I mean, how much better is Kike in center and Duvall in right than Duvall in center, which he doesn't normally play, and uh, Verdugo in right? I mean... I don't even think that's close. I, I mean, I think the infield defense kind of gets a boost too. And then imagine Story comes back, his elbow's good, his elbow's good. It's pretty sweet. Now, I want to fast forward a year, maybe even two, this offseason. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Say but, it. But boy, oh boy, would I like Manny Machado in Boston. Oh, no, not that. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> What the fuck? That is not what I expected. How about that? I've never heard of that out of your mouth. I, you know what? Oh, I think he needs to redeem himself for ending Pedroia's career. (laughs) No better place than in this city. Um, I mean, that's that's the kind of move that I would expect once they're like close to being legit contenders. I don't know about him though. I, it, I mean, what a story that would be. Boston media would love that. Um, like the guy who, I mean, you could say he ended Pedroia's career. I don't know if Pedroia would agree with that, but it, he definitely didn't help it. But man, can you imagine him just smashing doubles off the monster and making sick plays? And then you can put Devers at 
Uh, DH and Casas can play first because he's a good defender. Woo! That'd be. I fun. mean, I'm. T- hey, you never say never. I never thought I would say those words, but here I am saying like, get Manny Machado to Boston. Because next year he has an opt out after the season, and the way the market has been, I don't think there's a chance in hell that he opts in. Yeah, he'll take he'll he'll opt out. Um, yeah. If you okay, if it were two years from now, I'd say I could see it. Next year, I feel like Devers is still going to be okay. Let's fast forward another year. But Machado at short. Get me Juan Soto. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Juan Soto. That's yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Can you imagine? Or or Otani. Like I mean, that that's probably far fetched. I don't think he wants to come east, but still. You never yeah, know. He'll be on the he'll be on the Dodgers in a year from now. I'm like 95% sure. But yeah, Soto's the guy I feel like they should like hold out for as long as it takes. That guy's a freak. And he's so like modern day, like the guy who takes a ton of pitches, gets on base all the time, doesn't strike out, hits for power. Beautiful. That's who I would want. Yeah, just just stick him in left. Don't worry about the defense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even put him in right. I don't even care. His bat is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. It's like generational hitter. It doesn't really matter where you stick him. Yeah, don't care. Or right, put put Yoshida at uh, DH and put him in left. You can do that because Yoshida is going to be 32 yeah. and a not good defender by then. So I, I don't care. I don't care about the defense if we're getting one Soto. That's worth it. Yeah, I agree. Steve always has Steve always has a bunch of of uh, of Steve Steve Spears. He's up there. So. Uh, yeah. That's back-to-back days you made conspiracy into a word with Josh and Steve. I know. I'm on a roll. I'm, I'm taking notes here. <laughs> I'm on a roll. How about you could almost say it's a conspiracy, Steve. Oh, that kind of rolls off better. I, I just took an edible about half an hour ago. <laughs> it's starting to kick in. Yeah. You're rubbing your eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eyes are getting a little bit red. Yes, sir. <laughs> a little itchy. But, uh, yeah, dude, I love a good conspiracy. I got to say, um, my conspiracy right now is this Red Sox team is going to fucking make us feel like we might win again, like 2021. We'll make it to the playoffs, and they're going to break our heart. It's going to break our hearts. It's, it's going to be hard. Playoffs? playoffs? Yeah. Yep, I'm seeing playoffs. Okay, I like that. I need more. I, normally, I'm like, oh, I hate when people are unrealistic, but I, I felt so down this offseason. I need just like, just yeah, playoffs. I'm with you. Let's do it. Dude, I, yeah. Every year, every year they, they make us believe at some point, and then we're in, and then they start busting off wins, and then we're suddenly in September, and we're at the fucking playoff games paying way too much, knowing this team's going to lose. Yeah, I think I've been to two Red Sox playoff games ever, or maybe one. Yeah, no, two. I've been to two ever because they're so like they're just like three hundred bucks for a game. I'm like I have a great time watching on my couch with yep. a beer or something. I went to I one. The one I went to was uh, at home against the Yankees. Oh no, I've been to two actually. We went to the wild card game too. That was awesome. But the the uh, the 2018 year when the Yankees came in and beat the shit out of Gary Sanchez hit a home run like 550 feet. Yeah, yeah, that We're was that, that was not a fun three. game to go to. So you, you were at the wild card game. Lost all three. Yeah, yeah, I was. I went to the wild. Me and Steve were there. We met Jeff Passon that night. Ah. That's cool. Oh. I, I would say that is the best live sporting event I've ever been to in my life. That was, that game was unbelievable. I, nobody sat down, at least in our, in, in right field where I was. And there was this Yankees fan who was like trying to get into it with everyone in our section. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like oh, that's no. the dumbest thing you can do. And people were like, he was getting destroyed. That was like, I, I've never enjoyed a Red Sox game like that. Just like eliminating the Yankees, super high pressure, chanting Garrett Cole. I was right behind the uh, Kermit guy. 
when the guy was doing the Kermit, yeah. I, I patted him on the back. I was like, that was hilarious. I didn't want to become like a big thing, but um, oh my God, that was, I've never enjoyed a Red Sox game like that. I didn't sit down once. Nobody in my section said, I, I'm not even exaggerating. Zero, zero seconds that anyone said. It was great. That's dope. Yeah, I can't say it's the best sporting event I went to because I was at the Patriots uh, playoff game when uh, they played the Ravens and came back from 14 down twice. So that was also yeah. f- fucking awesome. But best baseball game I've been to, hands down, no question about it. Dude, that was um, that fucking, I went to game five, 2004. That's my claim to fame. You were there? You remember it? Yeah, I do remember a lot of that game. I remember... Uh, it was, we got, went to extra innings and my dad kept trying to make me leave. I'm like, dude, I, no way. And I took the next day off of school and then I remember Johnny Damon uh, running in and scoring the winning run off Big Poppy's single there. And it, the, the crowd, I've never heard it that loud. Like, I'm, like I, to, to this day, I always go to these Red Sox games and seen some cool games and I always want that that loudness to be recreated. It just, it was so fucking insane. I'll never forget yeah. I would say um, the loudest, other than the wild card, the loudest I've ever heard Fenway is when A-Rod came back from his suspension. The booze, like, I remember feeling like the, 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 the kind of shake of the ballpark because, you know, it's old. Um, that was pretty loud. That and then the wild card game. I just can't. I, I've watched the wild card game highlights like a hundred times just so I can like relive it. That Bogarts home run, beautiful. Oh that kid dumping the beer on him. Yep. <laughs> I love that clip. Yeah. I think mine's a Patriots game too, to be honest, of like my, the best event I've been ever Patriots chiefs, regular season or Patriots bills for like the AFC East a couple of years back, which it's, that's interesting though. Huh. I, uh, I went to the, we're on to Cincinnati game. That was pretty, that was actually the first Patriots game I ever went to was when they beat Cincinnati. And then it turned into like a meme. We're on to Cincinnati kind of thing. Oh shit. Yeah, that was great. Patriots games are a good time. I, I hope they're good again soon because those those were low-key. I feel like I slept on that for a while, and then all of a sudden I went to, like, a bunch of, like, primetime Patriots games. I was like, holy shit, this is, like, yeah. this is <laughs> – the hype is real. Yeah. Actually, one of our friends, the uh, – what is it? The playoff Ravens game? Is that the one you're talking about, Ollie? Would they uh, – what's that song that they play? I don't want to lose your love tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. The, but there's a the like the most watched YouTube clip of that. One of our good friends, his dad is like right there in the clip. I just showed that to my girlfriend <laughs> like a week ago cuz we're we're going back and forth in terms of like just like awesome like sports moments for each of our respective uh teams and shit. And I was like, "Oh, you got to see this. This is Connor's dad." <laughs> that, uh, that Patriots Ravens game. I remember I was um I was on the West coast visiting family. And I remember I was like the only one watching it. And I just remember I had like a ripping headache after the game from the stress. I was just like, Oh, my head. Cause I was like yelling, but I was stressed. And then I was like, Oh, we're going to lose. Oh, we tied it. Oh, we're going to lose. Oh, we tied. It. And just, Oh man. I remember my head killing me after that game. It was totally worth it. Yeah. Dude, watching it on TV, you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to go. As you get older, you start realizing, oh man, you know, I should just chill out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am for for like for football. If it's if it's like a big game, I kind of like watching it with like friends on the couch. But if it's like like I went to uh, the Bears Patriots game, which was awful, but 
still went and like that one's a cool one to go to because it's like prime time but it's not like, like not really an important game so i'm a big couch guy hell yeah hey sammy i have one big question for you guys for this is something that we always ask our our guests of course since you've lived in a couple new england states you might have some good information here could you please rank your new england states from worst to best or best to worst whatever you prefer Okay. Okay. All right. Obviously I'm going to put Massachusetts number one. Okay. Number two. Cause I go there all the time. Maine. No. Then I go Maine? Rhode Island. Cause I love Rhode Island. Okay. Then I have uh, New Hampshire, um, Vermont. And that's it. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, and Connecticut. <laughs> I have to, everyone puts Connecticut last, right? Yeah, pretty for the most part, that's hitting probably like eighty percent. I have Rhode Island and Maine like this close, but just like I have so many like I, I go to Maine all the time, and I just love going up there, and it's like such a great escape, and it's so like soothing. But I love Rhode Island. I I, I always talk about like the possibility of moving back to Rhode Island, how it's like super underrated, and how the food there is great, and uh, the accents are so different. I feel like like I could totally tell when someone's from Rhode Island compared to like up here, like drastically right. different. You guys have a little more like, like a little more like almost New York twist where it's like, you, you could say like, I'm talking about my car and it kind of sounds like both cities. That, that's how I can tell Rhode Island. It sounds like both mixed, but stronger Boston side, of course. True. The, the, sometimes these people from West Warwick, dude, I don't need, that wasn't Warwick. I'm sorry. Uh, West Warwick. I, I'm saying West Warwick because you're from West Warwick. I'm thinking of, uh, East Greenwich, like hey, Warwick area, have a whole different sound to their voice entirely from, like I like I can't even understand what they're saying. And I'm from Westerly, and Westerly's got some, a bad one too sometimes, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm uh, my girlfriend and I are looking at uh, moving to East Boston. That's like where the most I would say the most accents are there. Like not even Southie anymore. Southie is like all like yuppie now. So, um, but like East Boston, they have like the I love it. They're so funny the way they talk. I like it as an accent overall. I, I live in Philly now. I think the Philly accent is like disgusting, to be honest with you. I love Philly as a city. The food's unreal, but like you'll, I don't know, just, it's just doesn't look right. You'll see like a super hot girl and then she'll talk and it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be like your voice does not match you at all. That's what and people I, say about Boston accents. I feel like when they're not from New England though. What's yeah, the Philly? Can you do a Philly accent? Is it like Philadelphia? I can't do it. That's the thing. I can't even do it. Right? Like, so water instead of water, that's like the biggest thing. So um, but it's, I mean, oh, just it, 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 like everything, the most simple things, like even like cheesesteak, it's like whiz wit or wit whiz, <laughs> just like shit like that. They're just like saying stuff. It doesn't We're the same sense. way though. We're the same way. Like we call sprinkles jimmies and we don't like, we go to friggin' dunks and rip a cigarette outside of dunks. Like we're the- no, different flavor no you're right and it's i mean go birds is big too just like any given sunday like that's just what people say instead of hello just like go birds yeah go socks <laughs> it's yeah, like kind of cool yeah exactly i equate it to like go socks kid or just like socks yeah. kid like i feel like i want to say that and it's like they don't throw in the kid but socks kid yeah that's a new england thing kid i i used to make me so mad when i was in elementary school and someone would be like hey what's going on kid you're like oh. that's disrespectful <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. I'm not a kid. Yeah. In Wicked, too. That's another one that I, I say that. Even in college, 
from like kids from Jersey and shit like that, they'd hear Wicked and they'd be like, "What? Why do you, you guys say Wicked? You guys say Wicked in Rhode Island, right?" I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A ton. Uh, not as bad anymore, but same. That's kind of like a like a you say that kind of as an adolescent more so than than yeah. now, but you definitely said it a shit ton. Yeah, I don't um, say it much. What's that? Wicked. Nah, nah, never really. How about pissa? Have you ever said that ever? Oh my god, my uncle says that still. What the fuck's it mean? I've never heard anyone ever use it or say it cool. ever. Cool. It means cool, like wicked pissa. It's very cool. All right. Wicked pissa. The Pats are wicked pissa this year. Like that's what you would say. Oh. I never hear I've never heard it actually used. It's, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have either. You know, don't, don't seek it out. It'll make you feel gross. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know how I react. <laughs> like, what did you say? I mean, it sounds gross, like very piss. It sounds what? like like very piss. Who like coined that shit? <laughs> my uncle still says it. I swear to God, I, my dad does it, but my un- his brother, my uncle does it. It's, it's weird. Loves it. It's like us in high school, like trying to make like words work for fun, like that are funny, like like yo, that shit's mad ratchet back in the day or whatever well ratchet was a word <laughs> Add a ratchet. yeah i feel it's like that but i i'm ready for that to no more wicked pissa i don't you don't hear it often it's just all right of end of the day connecticut stinks steve is still in limbo <laughs> with his connecticut take why, why do you hate connecticut sammy is it just it's like half yankees fans all right yeah that's it that's, that's it that's it highest per capita yeah it's like some mets fan but see okay but it's yankees and mets fans i don't like have the same sympathy for mets fans that i have for most of my life like i'm kind of like fuck you guys you're buying all the <laughs> like i don't feel bad for you anymore you're you enjoy it. now you're just another new york team to me so i used to be like yo mets you both hate the yankees i'll probably go back to that eventually but right now i'm like no i don't feel bad for you guys never winning I'm with you on that one. What's your second favorite team? Do you have a second favorite? Oh, Bruins. Definitely Bruins. How about for baseball, though? Oh, like a second team? Uh, uh, Mariners. My girlfriend's a big Mariners fan. She's from Seattle, so I guess that would be my sec- my default team. I watch a ton of Julio Rodriguez. We have a jersey in the other room, so I would go Red Sox, massive gap, Mariners. <laughs> you have a top yeah, five? We're kind of sickos. Top five? I really like this. This is such like a hard ass thing to say. I just like don't care if the team's not from Boston. I can't bring myself to like, like I was happy for the Braves when they won. I was like, cool. Okay. Hockey season. Like I, I wasn't like, oh, this is great. I'm going to buy the DVD, but it's really just the Red Sox and the Mariners. I used to like the, the Giants a little bit when I lived in uh, NorCal. I lived there for five years. Um, Go ahead back in high school my family moved out there and then i came back here for college and just stayed i was like yeah like this is still home so but i liked the giants when i moved there everyone was like oh we suck and then they won three titles and i was like all right i don't like you guys anymore i liked you when you sucked so um yeah i guess i guess them i root for the a's when they're in the playoffs because because i feel bad for their fans and i've seen their ballpark a lot and it's yeah worse than you can imagine so yeah i guess i guess we are some spoil with like of just like our success and i even i in philly now even with like the eagles making a run i i kind of like eagles fans they can bother me where it's like i i 
a couple of years ago, it was fun to go to games. They were cheap. It was cool. Now they're getting a little cocky. It's almost, I did the same thing when I would go up to Bill's games where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys got to slow your roll here. You yeah. aren't, you haven't done it. <laughs> You're still the Bills. Re- like, relax. Yeah, you know what the Eagles are like? When the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl and ended their dynasty, which lasted for less than a year, um, they're like the dude who like is bad with women, but finally goes home with a girl and won't stop talking about it for the rest of his life. That was what Eagles fans were like when they won the Super Bowl. It was like, all right, dude, congrats. We get it. We get it. You got one. Good for you. I will say. I have to agree with that. Even though I don't really care for Phillies and the Phillies fans, I do respect the passion that they have. Yeah, they're just like us. They're they're passionate. They're just they're just sickos that just that that's really all they care about. Like like Gilly said, you're walking down the street to get a coffee on Sunday and all you're going to hear is go birds like that. You know what? That's crazy. I, that that that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Respect to them for that. They, they are. But they, they are, are. They are douchebags and assholes. You know what they're you know what they're like? They're like um, Boston pre 2004. That's how it was here before. Like we started winning all the titles. Like I remember my dad, like covering my ears at Red Sox games. We do. I remember those days. Yeah, when like when Manny was like rumored to be traded, I remember this Red Sox fan just stood up and flipped everyone off in our section who was booing. And I was like, "Why is he doing that?" My dad's like, "Uh, Manny," for some reason. Uh. It's so funny you say that. I think that's I shouldn't say my biggest fear, but kind of of like all of a sudden that it's gonna Philly's gonna have their like Boston moment, and we're gonna hate it because I mean, look at their teams; they're all except for the Flyers, all surging pretty damn well with no like end in sight obviously who knows i'll make you feel better when has a city ever had a boston run when they win six super bowls four world series a cup and an nba finals probably never else but still i mean if there's a city that could do it it's yeah philly's got a bright future that's all in terms of just like holy shit they're good but i think that i don't think anyone's ever gonna like like the, the 2001 to 2000 what was our last like 18 19 was just oh 19 that 2018 19 season just like insane like how do you like what was that 12 titles over like 19 years that's insane so um yeah i love i love traveling in the u.s as a boston sports fan and just being like oh hey seattle or oh hey california how are you guys doing cocky How many games you been to around the U.S.? Like, how many stadiums you been to? Oh, okay. Not that many, actually. I think, like, eight. I've done Giants, uh, A's, Dodgers, Padres. Um, Is that all the California teams? Yeah. Um, Cubs I went to. Uh, I I did a tour of Yankee Stadium, but I didn't, like, see a game. So, I guess I won't count that. I'm forgetting one. Obviously, Fenway. Yeah, City Field? No, never been to City Field. No I really want to do the Wrigley trip this year because they're playing in Wrigley right after the All-Star break. Oh, so good Wrigley tip. There's this bar uh, in Wrigleyville. It's like a village. It's really cool the way it's set up. And there's this bar in Wrigleyville called Sluggers. And what you do is like you drink and then you go in the batting cage and it's awesome. It's, ah. like, it's it's so hard <laughs> you don't realize yeah. how hard hitting is until you have a, a beer or two in you and then you have to do it really I mean, cool though hitting's hard in general a few beers and yeah it'll make it even harder yeah good luck makes you appreciate wade boggs a little bit more 
my I guy just weight loss. I want to get in the batting cage for no real reason. I'm just like, oh, would love to just like, I don't know. Top golf's fun, but like batting cage would just hit different. That's awesome. They should do that more places. Yeah. Oh, Angels. I've been to Angels. That's the one I was forgetting. Ah, I've been there too. That stadium is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's weird. It's like off the middle of a highway though. Yeah. You're like on the freeway and then it's like, it's oh. Like it's like Disneyland on one side, a baseball stadium on another. It's, it is very oddly uh, placed, but you know, yeah. whatever. It works for them. I, I like that stadium a lot. Yeah. So, so, okay. So I've been to seven or eight if you, if you want to count touring Yankee Stadium, but uh, I did get to go in the Yankees locker room with red Sox gear on which felt really good okay what, what was that scenario i just took a tour oh gotcha. yeah gotcha. yeah nothing nothing special just wanted to see it i was doing like some summer camp program when i was like 15 and they one of the things they did they're like you get a tour of yankee stadium and i was like oh i don't want to go <laughs> i hate them but so wait that- was it was it the new or the old one the new one it was like 2000 10 or 11 it was like right after they won the title so i was like oh yeah that sucks yeah but it was cool uh fenway because i might do that next weekend actually have i I toured fenway i have not ever gone on a tour of fenway yeah i took my friend uh my buddy um from out of town he wanted to see fenway he's not a big baseball guy but he knows about fenway so i was like (laughs) yeah we'll do a tour and it was pretty sweet i actually like i i thought i was like oh i'm gonna know all of this but i didn't there was a lot of stuff i wasn't aware of like you know, there's Morse code on the green monster that has the original owner's names and the shit. Like if you look at the, the white lines that go down the green monster, there's like lines and it's Morse code. Pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. I got it. I, I felt weird. Like thinking about doing it. Like, I don't know, like similar situation for someone else, but like kind of want to experience it myself. I feel like, a, but I don't, I don't know. It's a weird, weird spot as a fan. It's like, I've been a fan of this team for so long. I've just never gone on the tour. <laughs> It's cool. Yeah. No, they tell you stuff that you're not, you might not know. And you get to go like in the uh, media booth and they take you in the visiting locker room, which is like the size of like a college dorm room, which is pretty hilarious. So I think it's worth it. It's not that expensive either. If I remember correctly, I don't remember the price, but it was fine. All right. I appreciate that. Appreciate the I did a tour of of the uh, monster once, but not not the inside of the monster, like the top part. So why was that a tour? Yeah, they put you up there too. That's like the end. They end by going on the top of the green monster and then they're like, all right, take the stairs down and go to the gift shop. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the tour up there? I've been up on the monster, but there's not much to see <laughs> except for, I guess, everything. But like. yeah. I remember ending in the monster. I remember going through the Red Sox Hall of Fame area. Yeah, the garden. Did you see the garden that they yeah. have? The garden's pretty sweet. They're like, yeah. they make the concessions some of the concessions with like food they grow on site, which is kind of cool. That's Urban right farming. Yeah. You're in that back hallway thing in the back there. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. It feels very exclusive. It does. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's in the there. I'm trying to remember Tasty burger cattle. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> burger. I don't know why the fuck I did that or what the scenario was. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Sammy, I think this is where we might end it because Yeah. Appreciate your time. Yeah, we're good. Awesome, guys. Get excited for Brendan Rogers coming to the Red Sox (laughs) uh, tomorrow or something. So sorry about that, Verdugo. But yeah, boys, thank you. Seriously, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm sorry I delayed for so long with work and everything, but um happy to come on and hope I can come back on again sometime. 
anytime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Final record prediction for the Red Sox this year. What do you got? 81 and 81. Oh. Absolute mediocrity. Let's get it. Fair. That's fair. Playoffs, though? Could they make the playoffs with a 500 record? Nah, you're probably outside of it. Probably not. Okay, cool. Good talk. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yo. It's the one true host. Back again. You're now listening to Catano B. Dude, shout out to Sammy James. Been looking forward to doing this podcast for so long. So we finally got it done. Shout out to Sammy. Shout out to my brother G Baby. Cause G Baby's been looking forward to this pod. If you know what I'm saying. Lance Lachier. Saw those Lancers won the championship. Shout out to all the Lancers out there. James Murph. At Fresh Cup Cafe right now getting a bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs>